Hi, I'm Simon Hartley. And I'm Helen Glenn Martin. Welcome back to Pep Talks. Today we're joined by a very good friend of mine, uh, Lieutenant Colonel Chris Gibson. Um, uh, he's, as, as I explained to you, Helen, he's uh, the guy I describe as the man who beat Ebola. Um, Chris led a team into West Africa tasked to eradicate Ebola, and they were given an absolutely minimal chance of success, um, almost no margin for error. Um, Chris, how did, what were those challenges? What were the challenges locked up within that? Well, I think we, you know, in the in the preamble, you talked about the unknown unknowns, and I think you know we were in a state where you know it feels very similar in some way to where we are in the UK today or in the on the global platform today, where uh, you know we're faced with something which is causing us great anxiety uh, and stress, and certainly for me, when uh, I was given the task of of leading the design training assurance and deployment of of initially the military teams that were going out there to deliver first world care in the river of a west african jungle uh, against a cat 4 pathogen which had 90 percent plus fatality rate of con uh, upon contact um you know the the there was much anxiety not only with, from myself um, but but also for those more importantly that we were asking to step into the breach Mm -hmm. So I think that 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 was the the biggest piece. So it, so what do you do with that? That that was the question. We were saying, okay, so what do we know? Yeah. Uh, and, and, and let's reinforce success. So what we knew was uh, we knew how to train. We we just come out of Afghanistan within weeks of um, of West Africa sparking up in in 2014. Um, and we knew how to align our people to deliver at the highest levels, and we knew how to assure. Infectious disease was way different than we never, you know, it was a space we never thought we'd ever get into. Mm -hmm. um, but we just took it as a challenge, and, and we, we we went after what we were good at, and then and then we worked out what where to get after the the bits, the technical components. Then followed on from that. Yeah. So, yeah, all that reinforcing success for me was the key piece. Yeah, really interestingly, I, I talk to people a lot about uh, how you develop confidence uh, to build on what you do know when you can do is the first, you know, yeah. um, pillar on which you build the foundation yeah. on which you build. So, so yeah, I think it makes perfect sense to start with what you do yeah. know and you can do. Um, and I reflect, the expertise I reflect, yeah, I think I reflect in, into how that translates into business and in into you know professional sports such as the England team will never discuss where they got it wrong or where where they were suboptimal, but they talk about what they got right and how they can make that better. Yeah, you know? mm. and it, it sets the positive mind frame. So positive emotions, you know, and reinforcing them were, were really key to setting the stall out and and turning the unknown unknowns into known unknowns. What do we not know? Yeah. What we don't know. Is it is that we're really good at this? We're really good at training. We're really good at setting a team up. We're really good at understanding a problem and understanding where we can we can get after that problem. Um, and so that that's what we went after. We went after our strengths. Yeah, yeah, brilliant. The other part of this challenge that I think will be um, uh, really interesting for people to to un understand how you did this. You, you had a remote team, didn't you? You didn't. You didn't spend a lot of time in West Africa with people. You you were doing the yeah, vast yeah. majority, the bulk of this from the UK, weren't you? Yeah. 
so we were we, we created a facsimile of the capability that we were sending out out there in a set of warehouses in york which um which is what we've done for Iraq, which is what we've done for Afghanistan. And so we knew we, we you know, when I talk about we knew how to train, we, we created the environment. Mm -hmm. um, we created the environment as close to that which they were going to go be going into. So the power of training, the power to, to withdraw, to train, to understand where to make improvement, to pressure test an organization, to see where those fractures appear and then reinforce those or repair um, really, really um, helped us and, and brought confidence. And, you know, I'm, I'm really passionate about, as you know, about the, these three components of an organization, um, you know, the physical, the moral, and the conceptual. And for, for me, we, we, we knew we had the, the physical, we, ha we had right. We, we be believed that we created the ergonomics and the equipment to deliver the highest level of care. We'd worked out what that looked like. Yeah. So once we worked that out, we, we understood that, you know the ethics of what the highest level of care would be and wouldn't be and that's really interesting conversations that are going on in health in the uk now mm. about, you know about what's the highest level of care we can give and do we have to have you know really um challenging decisions to be made with regard to patients that come in the front door if this explodes yeah so the conceptual component we worked really hard on um, so the physical we got right, the conceptual we worked really hard on. So the drills and, and the method of operating, which was made really simple um, and, and became a muscle move. So it was Aristotle that said, that, you know, excellence isn't an act, it's a habit. And we repeated and we practiced and we drilled until people absolutely knew the muscle moves within, the, within that facility to keep them safe and to understand what their left and right of arc was so that they could work really clearly within that space so the conceptually we got that right the bit that we that we had to get right was the moral component and, and and for businesses i think that's absolutely right how do we look after the moral component of our organization now you know uh, certainly look at thinking back to um, west africa and sending our people there you know it was a bit that we struggled with but but when we started to get it right when we, when we could show them that through training that their personal protective equipment would keep them safe it allowed them to deliver the highest level levels of care without concern that they themselves would become infected because they knew morally that that the organization had their back and that i i i see that not being quite right in the hospitals i'm working within just now but i think it equally translates into business as well that if you get the moral component of your organization right, never mind the physical and the equipment that you're throwing, such as laptops and cars and phones, et cetera, and your sales techniques or, or your company strategy, if you don't get the moral bit right, it doesn't matter. They're not gonna they're not gonna follow. So yeah. that was a big lesson for me. Yeah. How do you, Chris, sorry, how do you, Chris, um, you know, the well-being of those staff and they're going into the front line, you know, how do you get that right? How do you remotely make sure they're in the best place to deliver. Yeah, you know, you have great leaders out there um, that are completely aligned to the, the wider organizational strategy. Did they understand the lines of communication? And I heard you talking quick, briefly about communication. I think communication is massively important. And you want to, if you sit at the top of an organization, you know, the best litmus test of, of, of the efficiency of your communication strategy is find the most junior member of, of the organization and go and ask them 
And if you don't hear your words back, it's not working. Yeah. So, you know, we work really hard on communication. I, I, and, it, you know, you can have the greatest strategy, but if you don't communicate it well, nobody's going to buy it. Mm. Um, you know, nobody's going to follow. So I think that, that was really important. I think that the other piece is that we use mission command in the, in the military, and it translates so well into business, I think. And, and this is basically giving real freedom of movement to act within a set of rules. So you, you, will, you will give them the ends. So what does good look like? This is the desired end state of this plan, of this task, of this, of this strategy. And, and you'll give them the means. So you'll give them a budget or, or, or the physical capability to deliver it. But the way it's done is, is absolutely theirs to do. And I think that's really important. You give them real freedom. You get the best thinking through that philosophy. And that's what we did with our teams that went out there. You know, although it was really prescriptive, some of the drills, the leadership and how they went after the task, once they were there, it was absolutely theirs. Mm. That was theirs yeah. today. And it gives them real confidence that they've got, that they can use their, all of their talents and then don't feel suppressed. Mm. Yeah, we, we were chatting earlier about um, when, uh, when I delivered a conference back in 2018 um, and I was talking to lots of leaders who had led their teams into uncertainty, lots of the people we're going to hear from later in the pep talks, um, yeah. people like Floyd, who's an SAS major and Justin yeah, yeah, Romero's team leader. Um, all, one of, one of, I was asked at the end, what are those common themes that they all talked about? And I, and I sort of conceptualised three. There was align, empower and engage. And that you need all three and when we were chatting earlier about the importance of all of those three you, you do yeah. genuinely need to align people you need to help everybody understand what the direction is what the end is what we're looking for yeah you need to empower them to be able to make those decisions and, and navigate their way to that end um, and they need, need to be engaged they need to know the why and i think that that comes right back into when you were talking about the sort of physical conceptual and moral I think lots of businesses have got the physical bit at the moment. You know, everybody's got the laptops there. You know, they've got the kit, all the rest of it. They might be looking at cash resources and things like that. That's all part of, you know, getting the resource bit right. Maybe they don't have a really clear strategy yet. So they're maybe missing a bit of the conceptual. But actually, the, the really key one here, like, like you said, the moral bit that lots of people may forget is, is just understanding that we're trying to do the right thing. Yeah. We're trying to do the right thing by you, the people, our customers, our clients, our suppliers. We're trying to do the right thing here. Yeah. You know, it's the narrative, getting the narrative right in this VUCA space. You know, there's, we talk about this, this a lot, Simon, don't we? There's this volatile, uncertain, complex, ambiguous space that we're in just now is so important. So if you can create the right narrative with vision, understanding, clarity, and, and, and allow that to adjust, because no plan that you create, especially in this space we're in, will always be 100% right. You know, it won't survive contact. So you, as long as you can be agile enough to acknowledge that and then adjust your plan, you will maintain the right direction of travel. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, the, 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 having, yeah. So there's lots of anxiety out there for people, for customers, for organizations, for, you know, there's no doubt that, that um, people are struggling a, a, a little bit from from that which i've seen but i've seen it before you know I, I, as you you may recall i was given the task of being one of the leads with rory stewart um, when he was the minister of justice to sort the um cu culture of violence out in the 10 most vo violent prisons in england 
Mm, and yeah, again, yeah. you know, how do we get after that? How, how do we eat this elephant that, that, that is so big and so challenging? Yeah, you know, and, and it was exactly the same as the other things that we've done before is, you know, we, you know, we go after what we know and what we're good at and, and then and then we, we, we understand how to unpick it. And for, for me, again, the moral component of that organization was where we could make the biggest gains. Yeah, yeah. I think, yeah. Chris, though, the fear that we see, and okay, they're two incredible examples that you've been involved with, but the fear that we see is kind of, I mean, it's correct. We, we need to be respectful of this. This, this uh, COVID-19 is, is, is certainly something we've never dealt with before, but how do you manage that fear? and? That, that will take over if we don't manage it. Well, I think, you know, it's really interesting, isn't it? As, as I reflect back on being at home this weekend and then seeing the news of everyone, not everyone, but a proportion of society who are not adhering to the advice because they think the, the advice doesn't apply to them or they are, are in some way immune to this, to this set of circumstances we find ourselves in. Uh, and, um, I, I think that I think it's really interesting for me. I think the society. This is a, a moment in history, and I, I'm not trying to glorify this in any way. But it's a moment in history where I think we'll sit and chat with our grandchildren about what we did in this in this space and time, and we should be really proud, whether that's you know of the actions that we took. And I think if that is how we lead our teams remotely and give them the best information that we can. And, and, and we assure them that we, we are doing everything we can to keep them in their jobs and, and, and that the company really values the input that they're doing. I think also we'll look back society, in a society about how we helped and what we did. That little act that could be done for all the you know, vulnerable people in our community by getting a little bit shopping for them or whatever. So this, for me, it's a really pivotal point in, in and where we are and, and people should really do the right thing as far as i'm concerned i'm not trying to get on a soapbox here but i'm really passionate about actually this is really really serious and if we don't do what the guidelines tell us to do it could be a mess yeah yeah and the, and the longer that we don't adhere to it the longer we're going to be in this position because this yeah. this illness will will continue Spanish flu, which came after the First World War, took five years to recover from. You know, five years to recover from for businesses may be irretrievable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the other part that we were chatting about earlier, you know, how do you take on those mammoth challenges, the one that, ones that most people would be completely daunted by? You know, interesting, you used a little phrase, you know, don't get sucked into the fight. You've got to be able to step back. You've got to be able to get yourself some strategic headspace. Um, yeah, I think that's really important. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I think you know, it's a it, it's a classic component of leading teams is that you know, don't don't get too close to it. Allow yourself that strategic space to be able to to look at, at the next thing coming and have that helicopter view of what's going on, so you can see where the benefits be, can be given. If you don't create the space, you'll always be stuck in the current fight. Um, you know, and I know I'm using a lot of military terminology, but they all translate into business. You know, you, 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 your team should be looking at where you are now, absolutely, but you should have some planning going on. How do we get back to normal business? Yeah. Because it's going to happen. It will happen that this will die out and your organization needs to get back as quickly as possible mm. to 
to delivering business as usual. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, again, you and I were chatting earlier about, in my view, lots of people are still sort of in, in a bit of firefighting mode. Um, but eventually we've got to flip our minds forward to how do we get ourselves in pole position? Because this, the world will open back up again. How do we make sure we're in the right place at the right time and we can get ourselves in pole position so that when, when the doors do open, we, get, we actually get back not only into normal business, but potentially start looking for ways to emerge stronger from this. Um, I, don't, I don't see many people thinking that way at the moment. Um, hopefully in the next few weeks, it'll start to turn. You know, well, you know, I think as a society, as, a, as business leaders, I think we're in the shock of capture and trying to understand what the new world looks like for us. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that's, that will take up 90% of, of people's bandwidth trying mm. to work out how to create an edge within this new mechanism of working uh, and, and where is the continuum going currently you know does it are we going to be suppressed further by government ruling mm -hmm. with regard to our business and what does that mean for us and, and for me if i was looking at how to manage a business i'd be trying to say okay where's this going and what can we do to still be active in our space given what the next steps may be but but you know there's no doubt that this curve will bend and we will come out of it and, and as as you put as you've put the brakes on or put the restrictions in on your teams you've got to have a mechanism of of unlocking that in a continuum so that you get back to that business as usual as well so that planning component is really important mm. for me i would i would look at a small team on, on current operations but certainly one or two people if you can have if you do have the flexibility to look at future as well yeah i think that's really important because you don't want to be you don't want to smack into it to say right restrictions are off how do we get back you should already have that plan in place absolutely yeah and it's the energy the energy drive that that we'll need to do that you know having that bank of energy that we need to kind yeah. of keep popped up during this time when you know it is fearful and that and i think that's exactly what you're saying there that we need to kind yeah. of find that now and be ready and yeah no absolutely you know your people i'm sure are, 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 are you know th there's two things probably going on just now you've got this anxiety of what does the future look like for us from you know from their personal uh, well-being financial all, all of those bits that that are drivers to to make them go to work and then the second bit is okay what can i do to help yeah and that's the space that's that you can be at the best that's where you can get the best out of your people because there's a will to help and and if you can create the vision and the direction of travel for that you'll get great products you'll get great innovation because some people have some amazing ideas of how to take your business forward in this space of, of restriction Fantastic. Chris, thank you very, very much. Are you uh, happy to pick up some questions uh, as they come through via LinkedIn and yeah, of course. The other social media channels? Guys, leave your questions uh, in the comments in LinkedIn or on the uh, YouTube channel and we'll pick those up as we go. Uh, for now, thank you very, very much, Chris Gibson. Thank you, Helen. And uh, tune in for the next episode of Pet Talks. Thank you.